The following is an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown Show. For more information about her show, visit ReikiOasis.com. Woohoo! I got Judy dancing with me. Yes, I do. Oh. Beautiful music. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Betty. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Benny, happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you, you too. Woohoo! Makes you feel good today, doesn't it? It does. And I will tell you, I have an Irish passport. So, (gasps) whoa! It was meant to be the luck of the Irish. More of it, yeah. (laughs) Well, I am part Irish. My father is full blood Irish. So um, I do sell, as you see, I've got the wearing of the green. Yep. So we've got to do it. We've just got to do it. I also love Irish dancing. And there's these, oh. guys, these guys out there, the Gardner brothers, and I just can't get my eyes off of them. I'm like, oh, oh they're <laughs> leaping and jumping. It's so exciting, right? <laughs> very, very. You can't sit still. No, you can't do it. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Betty. That was the perfect way to get going. Anytime, yeah. no problem. And last night at the dinner table, one of my sons was all like, uh, can we do a leprechaun trap? <laughs> I'm like, go for it. <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> Just make sure that you get the gold. Yes, Yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful of those leprechauns, you know. I mean, you know, they're Why? a little tricky. <laughs> oh, are <Yeah>. they? <laughs> They can be. I just didn't yeah, they, know if you knew them personally, yeah, can, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> I love starting the show laughing with you, Benny. I do it on purpose, Me right? Too. You know? And I love to pull you in just a little bit because you're always in, behind the scenes making the magic happen. And, and uh, yeah, I like it. Anyway, oh. time change has got me thrown off a little bit. So... I did read an article yesterday that they've decided that next year they're not going to do it. So I don't know if you saw that, but been no floating more. around. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no Ooh. more changing to the clocks, which is fine with me because I get jet lag twice a year just from that hour change. So anyway, I hope everybody's good out there. I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the Greater Seattle area for the last 27 years. We're alive and well and going strong. You can find out everything about uh, me at ReikiOasis.com. You can schedule everything at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. I do have my monthly class for women this coming Saturday, March 19th, Temple of the Divine Feminine. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of really deliciously wonderful supportive things because not only do we have a beautiful full moon in Virgo, but we've got the spring equinox and we've got the astrological new year, which is going into Aries. And I think it's time to celebrate and do something different. That's how I feel. It's spring. Um, I do have Sunday meditation with Loretta at 11 a.m. And if you can't be there at 11 a.m., just sign up. I'll send you a recording of the meditation. And then a a beautiful, big-hearted, angelic Loretta hug to all my patrons. I am a listener-supported show. Thank you so much for your support. So a little bit more about astrology. Yes, yes. Tomorrow, or Saturday, excuse me, March, or no, tomorrow, March 18th. This is the 17th, right? Yeah. Boy, I'm all screwed up. Sorry about that. 
we have a big beautiful virgo full moon and since we're already feeling the energies of the spring equinox this is a powerful moon it's the harvest moon in the sign of virgo and that makes this one of the strongest and the most magical moons of the year magical i love that the virgo full moon leads us into the equinox the start of the astrological new year into the sign of aries full moons represent points of release and illumination shining the light of truth on things so this is the perfect opportunity to purge all we no longer wish to carry into the new year and i am saying new year because if you ever think about january 1st you know it never feels like new a new year i mean we make it that but when we celebrate the new year astrologically during the spring equinox, all that fresh energy is coming in. And it really does feel to me like things are changing. I can feel it. So we may be guided under this energy to let go of self-critical thinking and the idea of perfectionism. Neptune, that dreamy planet, is also very active under this full moon. And while Neptune can boost our spiritual insights, it can also cloud things for us and make it hard to see the truth. I mean, sometimes we don't want to look at it, right? So under the light of the full moon, we may have to be mindful of the idea that not all that glitters is gold, but maybe we could turn it into gold because my guest today kind of does gold mining in a very special way. I can't wait to bring her on. Uh, so we do have all this wonderful stuff. And by the way, if you are celebrating the beautiful, colorful Indi East Indian celebration of Holi, where colors are thrown on each other in celebration of spring, I hope you have a really, really fun time with that. And if you don't do that, I suggest that you start to wear colorful clothing, which will help lift your spirits. And bringing that in, I also want to mention this Virgo full moon is opposite the sun in Pisces, which creates powerful healing energies. And this idea that we're finally, everybody, this is good news, we're finally gonna start to bring things together, bring them together. We've been in a big remodel, we're in an, an evolution, and uh, um, my best advice to you is, is stay in there, right? Keep going, we're not done yet. Well, my guest today is Judy Wilkins-Smith. Wilkins Sorry, Judy. She's a world-renowned system work and constellations expert. She's a motivational speaker and author of a wonderful book called Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational <laughs> patterns. Oh, yeah, it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful, but it's a beautiful, beautiful work. Um, she's the founder of System Dynamics for Individuals and Organizations. She collaborates with individuals and corporate decision makers to implement innovative whole system design elements. And I just want to say this as we bring her in. People all over the world are fascinated with their ancestry. Over 100 million family trees have been built on ancestry.com alone and there's other ones but it doesn't turn out we don't just inherit our physical dna but patterns of thought feelings and behaviors called emotional dna i cannot wait to talk to you about this judy come on the show please thank you 
It's lovely to be with you. I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> Two Irish girls on a St. Patrick's yep. Day. I don't know. Move over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just clear out the way. Here we come. <laughs> we might have to dance and sing in the middle of it. That's how it goes. Um, could you give us a little bit of background about yourself and how did you get into this constellation work? Uh, I sure could. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, I'm born and raised in South Africa. As you can hear, the Texan twang hasn't quite got me yet. But uh, yeah, I was, my background is actually in healthcare. And I moved over here. And as things are wont to happen, my father was killed here. But he was also killed in all three of the disciplines that I specialized in back in South Africa. And so that was very much a door closing. And I started writing books and I thought, I needed some information for one of the books, got hold of someone who knew about this work and who was actually practicing it. And he said, come study the work, I'll help you with a book. So I went and studied the, the work, got no help with the book, may I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. It kind of kept pulling me in, pulling me in, pulling me in. And then somebody said to me, well, of course you can do this. And I said, why? And they said, because its origins are in South Africa which I didn't know. Bert Hellinger was a Catholic priest who went out to South Africa to go and tame the Zulu tribe. And instead he found that they didn't have neuroses and he couldn't figure out why. But when he watched them, he noticed that they went into the family system. So couple that to the work of Virginia Satir and suddenly he had something very different. So the other piece that's important is when I left <coughs> South Africa, I had, uh, during my farewell, the gentleman who spoke was from the Zulu tribe. Of course, I didn't even know about this at the time. <clears throat> so he says to me, well, we know you're leaving us, but you'll find a way to represent us in the world. And I went, yeah, yeah. And now I do it every day. <laughs> wow. I, I have to tell you, um, <clears throat> I have goosebumps while you're talking. I have friends in South Africa, and there's a lot of things going on down there, but I love that connection. Thank you so much for that background. So um, I've never done constellation work, but I've always been interested in doing it. Can you just <laughs> tell those people listening? <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is a little crazy. Both of us. <clears throat> Must be the Irish something happening. <laughs> we need to do Come some on. dancing. <laughs> More laughing will clear it out. Um, but could you tell the listeners, what is this systemic work and constellation? What is that work? Okay. So systemic work is the study of you within a system. Because we know, we, we think we've got free will and we think we're this person in a vacuum or in isolation. But of course you're not. You come in as part of a family system. You are always part of a family system, whether you feel like it or not. And so it's the study of you and all of the thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions within a system. How has the system affected you? And then later on, how will you affect the system? A constellation is, is a, a breakthrough piece, I think, or no, I know, for, for many modalities, because what it does is it takes the parts of the system. So for example, in a family, a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, the siblings, maybe a great aunt who had an impact and the grandparents, maybe. 
And what we do is we ask the client to set up what that looks like for them. In other words, mom and dad are close together. Grandma may be over there. Siblings may be almost out the circle. You may be deep in the middle or even between mom and dad. But what you're doing is you're getting, and we use live representatives at events. Of course, in some, with something like this, there are alternatives. But during a constellation, what you're then getting is you're seeing, hearing, touching, feeling, smelling, maybe even tasting parts of the system in front of you. So you've taken it out of your head and you've stuck it in front of you where you can now see it and interact with it. And what happens is you activate your field. Now, we're doing that every day. And we don't, people don't know it, but you are, you walk into a room and you go, I can get close to you or uh oh, I'm not going anywhere near you. Those are the systems just acknowledging and, and feeling each other out. So in a constellation, these members who are representatives may start to move or they may have something they need to say. And it's highly accurate. And of course, the client is now immersed in this 3D experience, literally making the unconscious conscious and the invisible visible. So for the first time, they can see it. And then as they start to shift from where they're stuck, because they have the insights and they see, oh, it wasn't my fault. Mom didn't not love me. She was preoccupied with that. The insights begin to change. And of course, the heart begins to change and the brain begins to rewire and the gut settles. So you have this in the moment transformation that often happens and builds or at, at the very least is sustained. So that in a nutshell is a constellation. Wow. Um, there's so much in that. And I followed that so clearly. I can actually see it in my mind while you're talking. Um, I want to revisit a little bit of this for the listening audience because um, I'm, I'm slightly familiar with constellation work, but like I said, I would, I actually am probably going to go do it somewhere. Right. Um, of course. So when we talk about the system, we're talking about your, your family of origin. So your mother, okay. your fathers, your grandparents, those who were really, um, important in or not important significant in the system and have somehow impacted you specifically those who are excluded because any time in this work we know any time you create an exclusion it shows up again and again in subsequent generations until it's seen and that member is re hyphen membered back into the system and can then that, it can rest can that show up as like a person who doesn't feel like they belong to the family or the system? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like they're, they're always kind of an outlier or something. Yes. What you want to look at is how are they an outlier? I don't belong because everybody here is an introvert and I'm an extrovert. Well, there are two questions. Is that the pattern that's trying to emerge through you because the introvert pattern needs to settle? So it's only yours. And second question, who else in the family system was an introvert or did something that got them excluded? And the way that you are keeps bringing attention to that so that it can be seen and rest. Well, and I'm, I'm relating it to my own life, right? And also other, other people. So sure. you might not know who that ancestor was. You might not. And if you don't, there are other ways to look at that. 
if you look at your own life, you'll see patterns repeating. And if you don't know who that ancestor is, it really doesn't matter. It's not crucial. What's crucial is you're seeing the pattern that's going, hey, I want to rest. Hey, I want to rest. Hey, it's time for this to stop. And at the same time, you will find that you very often have a heart's desire that says, I wish I could. I really want. And that's the one that's trying to emerge. Mm, okay. So you mentioned in your book two patterns, one trying to emerge and one trying to rest. So the one rest. that's trying to rest or stop, often a, a problem was originally a solution for something else. So we've had an event, something's happened, we've, we've used that to survive or to whatever it is, but we never put it down. We didn't complete it. We didn't say you're done, so it's still alive and it's still circulating and you're still circulating it until you look at it and go, this, it's not working anymore. And you recognize it's time for this to stop. And again, that's usually tied to the multi-generations preceding you. What's tied to your real presence and future is that heart's desire, the moving in a different direction, the peace. Okay, so I'm just going to ask questions that are popping up inside me, right? Because I'm following this. Um, oh, it's so fun to talk to you. I'm getting excited. Anyway, <laughs> calm down, calm down. Um, oh, so just do in, it. In this, in this um, system, Yes, the right word to use, because I'm also hearing in there, uh, you said the word field, and we'll come back to that word maybe. But in this system, I'm also thinking to myself, okay, so let's say that, um, uh, okay, so I'm Irish, so for all the Irish, please forgive me, you know, but I want to talk about like the, the potato famine, right, yes. or why a lot of Irish left Ireland, and how even though I don't know my ancestors that did that, that that actually has, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, like, for instance, if I have trouble around money, or I have trouble around feeling safe, or I feel like I'm odd man out or something that might lead back to that sort of a thing. It absolutely could, particularly if you think about money, let's just think about that for a minute, you have trouble with money, you might find that with a great potato famine, Mm -hmm. um, people didn't know where their next meal was coming from. So it was hoard, or you could have had a couple of patterns, either hoard your money, or you know what, it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes, I need to eat. And money goes on food. Right. You will find it in the, in the oddest things. Could you feel like an odd person out? You could, if your lot left Ireland and didn't feel or embrace fully the new country and say thank you to the old country. You get caught between the two systems. And so where you could excel, you're, you've got these two loyalties competing. And, and the way to do that is to thank the old country and say to it, can you bless me as I move to the new one? And then say to the new country, will you give me a place and really take that full place? But yes, it can also lead to, I don't understand where a place called home is. I always have to move. I'm always moving around or the opposite. This is my home. I don't want to move at all. I I've, I've understand this being displaced and I can't do it. And so you, you never move. 
Wow, I'm thinking of so many things because that can be at a very personal level, right? And it can also go to this massive event that we just said, which there's so many of them throughout history, you know, like, you know, the the burning of witches and the 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 atrocity, you know, war and and, you know, other pandemics like the bubonic plague, right? Um, where these things might come through. And then it can also come through in very personal things, such as uh, when you were small, if your parents got divorced and you were displaced or you were an orphan or things like that. Like, I know I just said a whole lot of stuff, but um, wow, my mind's boggled. (laughs) My mind's boggled. So the idea is that in this system work, in this constellation work, and I want to, boy, I want to get back to the constellation, that you're you're discovering really what how things have been and then seeking some sort of resolution some transformation well the, yeah the first thing to do is discover and and it lives in you how things have been live in your language you'll find that you have a unique language and a unique pattern of thoughts and feelings those came from somewhere you might be somebody who says watch what you eat or I don't have enough to eat. And you're telling yourself that, and it comes from there. And that can translate into, I never have enough. And that can translate into, I feel unsafe. Where did it come from? They felt unsafe. They never had enough. They didn't have enough to eat. So often the words, the thoughts, the feelings didn't begin in your mouth, your brain, or your heart. They began back there. And they echoed through as cautionary tales or epigenetic imprints. Ah, okay. Yeah. Even to the things such as, now make sure you clean your plate. We don't waste food. Exactly. Uh We don't waste food because they didn't have food. And if you waste food and you don't have food for the next meal, no, 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 no. Which, of course, can then lead to obesity problems or malnutrition. Right. Yeah. Or or you have to work hard. Oh, you know? that's a beautiful one. And it echoes yeah. through many generations. I have a client who's a billionaire and he said to me, I got to work harder. I got to work harder. And I said, why? Well, because I don't know why. So we, <laughs> we went looking and he said, ah, my father worked hard. My grandfather worked hard. My great grandfather worked hard. I said, they worked hard so that you could actually play hard. And he went, I can play hard? Yeah, (laughs) something different. It's what comes next. We are all about what comes now and what comes next. That's our contribution. The system doesn't, we often are so afraid that if we step what we call outside the system, but is actually simply ahead of the system, that we'll lose our place. No, you're simply expanding it and it needs you to want. That is another piece of this work, wanting. The universe doesn't grow without wants, and it needs your wants to grow. I'm also hearing um, in what you're saying that, like you say, what comes next, what comes now, that as long as we are tangled up, I suppose you might say in, in in the system, right? Like we're, we're not clear on it, that we can't really tap into what our needs or wants really are or or these things will block us beautifully put in both ways we can't tap into ours because we're busy 
a high percentage of the time you are simply reliving ancient history. It's not yeah. you. It's not you. Yeah. You're just reiterating it. And so that you're not making space for something new that is itching to come out of you. It's going, please give me a place. Can I just come and play? Uh, I am. I'm thinking about so many things that my clients have said to me through the years, right? Where it's like, well, um, you know, I'm just like my mother, right? Yes. Or she did this thing and I do that too. Or I, or I married my mother. <laughs> Often. Or, <laughs> Often. <laughs> which is is kind of scary to think of that um uh or um you know all the women in my family die at 74 or yes yeah yes same thing we all have a that's called an unconscious loyalty so often when people are stuck what i'll say to them is to whom are you so loyal that you must suffer this way oh wow yeah because that could be that could be nationality it could be religion it could be grandpa anything it yep. could be aunt, aunt martha you know it could be god and i oh. see this people will will have this promise they've made and they're quite sure that god's sitting there ticking the boxes going i'm watching you and in the meantime my my theory is god's going why 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 <laughs> <laughs> come on you're growing so are your values so are your promises move move Wow. Okay. So this is fantastic. We're going to take a little station break. Um, I can't believe we're already at the station break. This is Loretta Brown. My amazing guest today is Judy Wilkins Smith. We are talking about systems and constellation work. Her book, it, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. I'm going to tell you right now, it, it is a pre-order right now, but I suggest you pre-order it because uh, Judy, this book is wonderful. I I read it, and I'm I've gone back. I'm uh, I, I am just thrilled by the whole thing and inspired by it to the nth degree. So please, everybody listening, don't go away. Please come back. We're going to talk more about it and get uh, deeper into the work. So we'll take a station break. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Knorr with your health tip of the day from the African American Wellness Project. Prostate cancer is the most common cancer for men, but African American men are more at risk. That's primarily because it's often diagnosed when it's more advanced. The good news is that diagnosed early in most prostate cancer can be treated effectively. If you're a man over 50 or have a family history of prostate cancer, talk to your doctor today about a test. For more information, visit aawellnessproject.org. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. 
The following is an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown Show. For more information about her show, visit ReikiOasis.com. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show. And I am <laughs> the original Loretta Brown. That's how that works. <laughs> you can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com. And you can find me at the 1150 uh, KKNW, the archives for the original Loretta Brown Show. All the shows are there, hundreds of them over years. I know you can listen to them, download them for free. And of course, we're on Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, and Audible, and all over the place. So please, please go check out um, all the shows. And of course, you can download this one with Judy Wilkins Smith. And we're talking about her new book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. Just go order it now. Um, we're talking about system work and constellation work, which is fascinating me to the nth degree. Um, when when you talk about, how, I, I want to ask this question, how do we know number one, what our place is in the constellation. And you mentioned before the break that when you do this work, that people step in and they play the roles of the other members. They represent, yeah. How can this work? <laughs> <laughs> but there, there are a number of answers to that. One of the answers is we're not 100% sure. We know that it does. It's that simple. Uh, my, my theory around that is for a long time, we weren't sure how electricity worked, but it worked. And this is similar. But I will say that there are things like morphogenic fields that explain it very well. How the herd follows the pattern, how the birds know how to duck and dive at the same time, how cats and dogs know when you're coming way before you get home. They're tuned into the fields. And we have a lot of, of those fields around us. Each of us has our own field. And of course, we have the systemic field and then the country field. And that's the sum total of all of the thoughts, feelings, actions, inactions. It's the codes for the way that we live. You will not, you may not, you can, you should. And um, so we're tuning into those fields. You ask me, how do you know your place in a constellation? I put people in and say to them, move to the place that feels right for you. How are you normally in your family? And I haven't had any yet that, oh, no, that's not true. I will have some who say, I don't know where I belong. Uh, and I'll say to them, let's test. And we keep testing. But I will also say to them, who else didn't belong or felt like they didn't right. belong? And right. if I put up a representative for that person, quite often this person then knows where they belong. So what I've noticed in these cases is you'll see it at work and you'll see it at home. This is the bossy person who's always trying to put everybody in their place. <laughs> this is the OCD person who's always trying to put things exactly in their place. It sounds terrible, but when you look at what they're doing, they're saying there's an inner piece that's going, if I can find everybody else's place, I will know where I belong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a real beautiful, it's a beautiful act, but we don't always see that because we haven't been taught to. We just think, well, you quit bossing me around. No, I'm, I'm trying to find where I belong. So they know. The representatives, again, tune into that field and are really accurate. They pick up what's happening in the field. 
even and most times, 90% of the time, maybe higher, they have no knowledge of the person they are representing. It is not role play. They, they are very aware that they're in the system and that something is telling them move here or offer this piece here. And so if I'm understanding you correctly, and, and I'm just getting an idea of this. So a person, a, a person, let's say like me or somebody is going to do this type of work. And so um, they, you have all these other, of course, you're talking about being in a workshop, right? Or something? Yeah, at an event. Yeah. Okay. At an event. And so you have random people that come up and they play these roles. Completely and random. This is fascinating to me. I would love to observe this. Um, and oh, do, and they say things. They yes. say things to each other. Yes. They, they will say, they will, I would say to me, if you think you should say something, don't. If you know you have something to say, tell me. And they'll speak to me, but the client is, is, will, will hear it. Uh, and also feelings and the way that people are selected. I had one that I did with a girl whose father had been in one of the, the big wars in the Vietnam War, and his family was pushed out of, out of the town. They were ostracized. And she came because she felt so threatened. She couldn't get a good job because she felt like people were always looking at her and they knew. So we wanted to work through that. So she picked someone for her father to represent her father. And we set up the whole piece and we got to the end of it. And he was extremely accurate. We got to the end and he just sat down on the floor and started to cry. And I, I said to him, what's going on? And he said, you know, I've had such a different view of this war. My father was a draft dodger and now will never see it the same again because now I carry both pieces in my soul. And so wow. this is what happens. The right ones are selected. Yeah, I'm kind of following this through. You said something earlier about the fact that we have this, our system, like our family system, our personal system, we, we probably have, I'll just say a community system, you know, a country system, of course, a world of course. system, yes, the collective system. So somehow within that, I'm going to say that the morphogenic field of all that is, anyone can play the role of anyone. You can connect to it in some indefinable yes. fashion. Yes. We okay. call that the knowing field. It's, it's okay. probably a bit the collective um, unconscious as well. But it's the repository of all that's been said, done, not done, all the decisions that were made, the codes that live there. And while we have the big ones, yes, we have the, the more individual ones. And each of us has a very unique system or family system with a very unique and specific language. So we're tackling on ourselves all day long. We just don't know it. <laughs> So is that how we discover our 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 patterns? <laughs> That's how I listen. I listen to them when I'm working with people. I will listen to what they're saying. I will watch the ways that they're standing or the ways they're acting, and then I I will set up the constellation and then keep asking questions, because they then begin to offer the language that inhabits us. Yeah, well, I know I'm not wanted. How do you know? My mother never looks at me. Does, where does she look? She looks over there. Who's there? My grandmother. Okay. Tell me about your grandmother. Her mother never saw her either. She was too busy putting food on the table because great grandfather had died. So is it true that your mother doesn't see you? Or is it true that her attention is elsewhere? Because she also wants her mother to see her. Oh, 
So it's not a, so I'm not bad. It's not that my mom doesn't love me. No, it's that look where your mom's looking. It begins to rearrange so many of the, the self-doubts and the self-uglinesses yeah. that we perpetrate on ourselves. I always say to people in this work, you graduate from toilet talk to transformational talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's really, really great. Um, in, in this work, do you make any, um, how do I say this, uh, uh, it, like, is there I any importance to knowing whether or not, like, are these patterns uh, coming from the, the system? Are they uh, a past life pattern? Are they a trauma pattern? Or, or is all of it really kind of included in this? I would say it's pretty much all included. Mm -hmm. And something to say about trauma, because when people say trauma, I go, whoa, hold on. We define trauma as this terrible thing that happened to me and nobody should re-trigger me because it's going to set me off again. No, trauma is simply a wake up. This has happened. Yeah. What are we going to do with this? How are we going to interpret it? If you look at it, think of it this way. We have two people involved in an accident. Both of them become paraplegics. The one is destroyed by it and, and never gets out of the chair and never gets out of the room they're destroyed the other one looks at that and goes here's my life's purpose yes. and these are the options we have all of the time will this destroy me or is it about to ignite and unleash that power because i have the choice yes um i i love that because yes that's all i have to say yes <laughs> You're always at that point of choice or or pivot or uh, uh, reframe, whatever you want to call it. In in this work where you're doing all of this with people, I would imagine sometimes it gets quite emotional. Not for me, but for them, yes. For them, yes. Absolutely, because yeah, I had I've had people who come in, and I have interesting. I mean, I have my clients are fabulous, but I had a very interesting one with a woman who couldn't stop crying. She oh. could not stop. And she kept saying, this is not like me. I don't get it. But she just sobbed. When we went back through the generations, all of the women had had to, um, there was an originating event, a bad event. But from then on, all of the women had been stoic and strong and never expressed emotion. And what was she doing? She was crying the tears for four generations who could not oh. cry. Wow. She was feeling what they could not, were not allowed to feel. But in this day and this age and in her situation, she finally had the freedom and the opportunity to feel. And it was really, she, she leaned back and we actually put up the rows of women and she leaned back with her hand on their heart and said, and for you who couldn't feel, I can't stop. It's going to take a while. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of people come to me and they say, I know I'm here to do ancestral healing, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, as we do this work, we're also uh, uh, providing the opportunity for healing for those ancestors. Well, of course, because here's, here's what happens. We hold them in a certain regard and yes, they've, they're hurt. But when we begin to see how even that hurt has served 
and is honorable and respectable, no matter what it is, and happened then, it has its place in the system. It doesn't matter if, if grandfather was a murderer. Why? What happened? What was behind that? And what has happened since? Well, now we have lines of people who champion the underdog. There is always service in the patterns. There is always service. So suddenly grandfather, instead of just being a murderer, becomes the pivot point. After that happened, we changed. And so instead yeah. of him just being a murderer, he is also in service. Um, I'm thinking about the last two years of the pandemic. And, you know, I have, I do a lot of mental health counseling as well as channeling and, and energy work. But I've, I've actually been thinking about this for a couple of years that we are in the middle of um, what I call a huge soul bruise, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. how can this work help with this? Because I'm also thinking about, like, if we don't do our work here, somewhere down the line, exactly, you know, like, like we pass this on. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. Now, you could talk about it as a soul bruise, or you could talk about it as a soul portal. Because what's happened is, and funnily enough, I have a, a class at Disney World in November. And the class is capability and resilience DNA, precisely because of the pandemic, because a whole lot of us have been through the, the pandemic with bumps and bruises. But We've acquired capability and resilience that we didn't have before. And we've not noticed it. We think we're still bumping and bruising. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not. So it's, there may be a bruise. A bruise is a beautiful thing. It's an invitation to more resilience and more capability. That's what we do with it. I'm thinking how wonderful it is. I, like I said at the beginning of the show, like we're in this Virgo, you know, Pisces healing thing and the moon illumination and you're the perfect Virgo for my show. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> so it it's a it's a it's a portal, it's an opportunity. Absolutely. It's an invitation. It's such a big invitation to mm -hmm. us at the moment to not go blind again. Yeah. What am yeah. I going to do differently? I'm also thinking how this has been such an activator for all kinds of things that have come up in people in the work that I do, everything from, you know, fear, um, anxiety, trauma, this past life thing, or this connection with uh, other pandemics or other terrorizing events, right? Yes. And I have always looked at it as well. We're here uh, clearing it out, right? You're, you're yeah. right, because it's, it's here. And what are you going to do with it? It's not going away anytime soon until, until we start to take one new action with one new thought and one new feeling until we stop seeing it as you against me or you not understanding and me being smarter. We can't do that when there is place for all yeah. and we create a game big enough for everybody to come play. We may have something very different. Well, and in your book too, you talk about global and I'm sitting here thinking while you're talking that a lot of the things that that perhaps we're reliving right mm -hmm. are these old patterns that are being activated by certain things and this is the perfect opportunity for us to to heal this or change this or pivot it you know not only for ourselves but for our communities and also for the world because absolutely yeah 
with no judgment. That's right. one of the horn that the corner stones of this work is we don't judge. We simply look and we simply look at what's possible. We do not need to judge. Yeah, it changes everything. It changes everything. You People who do this work look at the news and they go, huh, I wonder what was behind that. Or, hmm, I wonder what more is possible here. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Uh, yeah. Um, so these things can develop in the womb or we come out with them or, because the system is there, right? The system is there. Um, and of course, epigenetics are, are showing more and more. The 9-11 studies, the great Dutch uh, winter uh, hunger, a potato yeah. famine. It creates that. And in addition to that, don't forget, the children are very quick to pick up what's happening. They watch mom and dad struggling. They watch them being sad. And they begin to embody that because, oh, that's the way we are. And so we have yet another generation of the same until yeah. we decide differently. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just say we are the ones. We, let's, let's change we are it. the ones. Yeah, we are the it. ones. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how these patterns show up? You use have a lot of health things in the book, like uh, uh, arthritis, diabetes, alcoholism, depression. Can you talk a little bit about how this shows up in the in that? Sure. Um, if we look at something like alcoholism, alcoholism in this work is often seen as a slow death or a dying to the present. I can't look, so I numb out and I die to the present. And so, of course, if, if you've got a situation where something terrible has happened, let's say great-grandfather and great-grandmother, great-grandmother uh, great dies in childbirth. And this is seen almost as a murder in the family. It's seen as great-grandfather looks and he goes, oh, I killed her, I made her pregnant. The child looks and goes, look what I did when my mother was born. At least when I was born, my mother died. So you have these two men going, look what I did to my, my mother, my wife. And that will echo down. And all of a sudden, four generations later, I have a, a, a man who says, my wife's leaving and I've got everything going for me, but I drink like a fish. Yes, because all the men have learned to connect to the other men in the alcohol. And so that's echoed down. When he can look at that and tell his great grandfather, I can't do this. I've got to be able to look at a woman because the women are disappearing from our system. I want to look at my wife. I can't do this anymore. Often that'll settle something like the alcoholism. There's no need for it anymore. Well, and, and you bring up relationship, but I'm also thinking how dynamic this is in relationships, right? Um, so if, you know, like for instance, if, if a woman says, oh, there's no good men out there. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. There are no good men out there or all the men just, you cannot trust a man. Yeah. Well, if you cannot trust a man comes from generations ago when great grandfather died in the war. Well, what, what great grandmother was really saying was you cannot trust that a man will be available to provide. That's a very different thing, but it now echoes down as you can't trust the man. And so no poor guy in, in that system has a chance. As he comes in, the woman's going, okay, okay. Where are you not trustworthy? Let's just stop this. 
<laughs> she's got her shotgun out. She's got her yeah. shotgun out. She's ready to go. She's like, we're yeah, get together. off my lawn. <laughs> exactly. I know what this pattern is all about. Hmm, we know you men. And it takes women to go, but I really, really think that men are nice. And I'd like to, or a woman with a son who looks and goes, oh, my goodness, does my son have to leave the system in order to yeah. honor the pattern? Yeah. And suddenly that'll that'll change her. And she goes, wait a minute, men are delicious. They're lovely creatures. I want one. I can't do this anymore. Why, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Betty. <laughs> hey, just got to put in the male energy. Absolutely. Thank we you. love the male energy. It is we very do. essential. Yeah, we do love the male energy. And um, I... Uh... <laughs> Thank you. That was perfect. Um, it made me forget my next question, actually. <laughs> well, what well, did I tell you that'll bring you back? <laughs> uh, well, I was I was thinking about all the things that I've heard people say, such as, um, you know, all women are, you know, biatches, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and um, uh, or I can't find someone who's available, right? No one's available or. Um, now that one's affairs. interesting mm -hmm. yeah and affairs yeah. okay affairs often come down but the i can't find the right one mm -hmm. sometimes that may mean you are looking at somebody who has had to move into a surrogate spouse position with mom for example because dad wasn't available well mom's the surrogate spouse he's the surrogate spouse and if he doesn't disentangle from that he keeps looking for mom so he yes. can't find the perfect one because there it is. So you we we refer to that sometimes as a mama's boy. Mama's boy. Yep. Mama goes, forget it. Son is over there. So the other partners go, well, <laughs> what am I? Chopped liver. Every time mom does this, he's there. Yes, that's because mom was the com the, the relationship he hasn't completed with yet. And it's the same for women, in case the men are feeling a bit. Women are the same. A daddy's girl can be the same. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that while you said that. What about daddy's girl? Right. Exactly the same. Yeah. 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 The little princess. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> um, this is uh, such great. I mean, it covers everything. It you know, does. It covers all areas of life in such a great way. Um, so what is it that you really want people to get from this book? And I want to point out to people, too, that in your book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, you actually have wonderful exercises that people can do. Like you can kind of set up your own little exactly. mini, mini constellation for yourself. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. The whole reason I wrote the book, well, no, there were two. One, I was getting nagged and I kept going no, and then it, <laughs> and then it happened. But the other one was- Was I that really... by B Betsy Chassie and Kate Montana by any chance? <laughs> I love Actually, those no, those, those two were the ones who really helped me put it together. Without them, this didn't happen. But no, these were all the students and people who'd attended the events. And, but the other one was some people couldn't attend events immediately. And I also didn't want them to live in the idea that this was so mystical that transformation is for the chosen few. It's not. Transformation is for those who choose it. Very different. And I wanted to put it in as many hands as I could because it is super logical, deeply mystical, totally transformational. And I wanted people to be able to go A, B, C, D, okay, I see what I can yes. do here. 
Yeah. Yes. And you succeeded beautifully. Thank you. Um, that's Kate uh, and that's Betsy. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a compliment because I do a lot of interviews, but your book is actually going to just be on my shelf. And I, I myself am going to do a lot of those exercises because I could tell just by reading it, there's a consciousness to it. So you, you've done brilliantly. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. And I really mean that. Um, is there any last thoughts? I think, what do we have, like two minutes or something left? And where do people find you? And what kinds of things do you have come up? You mentioned something about Disney World. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let me talk about that. And they find me at judywilkins-smith.com. I also have constellations meditations there, and that'll take them through a constellation. The events I have coming up are emotional DNA, and that is in August. I think it's August 5th. And then the flagship one is the Capability and Resilience DNA. And that is from November the 10th through November the 13th at Disney World. Because you, you mentioned something right at the beginning of the show. You said magical. We are magical beings with magical souls. And so what better place for you to go and discover your capability than at Disney in the heart of the magic with a man who dared enough to be big enough to go and make that happen. So as a last thought, what would I say? There are two things. I always ask people, how big are you willing to be? Because the day that you say yes is the humblest day of your life. It's the first time you're truly taking responsibility for growing a, a remarkable life and for being in service of the, of the universe. And the last thing I would say is, you are a remarkable life if only you know how to see it. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you for being the absolutely perfect guest for this day. Uh, to everybody listening, please, Judy Wilkins-Smith, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. What's your website again? JudyWilkins-Smith.com. Okay, great. And everybody enjoy the beautiful full moon in Virgo and celebrate the astrological new year and the spring equinox by setting some hopeful intentions and planting seeds for a beautiful, beautiful future. Uh, this is a, a time of opportunity. Thank you so much, Judy. Blessings to you and Benny. Always thank you. Thank you. And Benny, thank you too. And luck of the Irish to y'all. <laughs>